Today I want to give God a shout of praise. Amen. For me, this marks the start of my 50th year of pastoral ministry and preaching the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. It's been a great ride. I call it survival at the fittest. A name. A name. A name. The importance of a name. The importance of historic names. The importance of place names. The importance of family names. The importance of your name. I want you to turn with me in your Bible or in your app to Genesis chapter 32, and I want you to bookmark verses 24 to 32. Genesis 32, marking 24 to 32, and that will segue us to a message entitled, What's Your Name? Heavenly Father, quiet our hearts now and still this place so that we might know that holy hush that we sense is the presence of the Spirit of the living God. Lord, we ask you to bless the delivery of your word. We ask you to open, give us open ears, give us receptive hearts, give us manageable spirits. Where necessary, convict, Holy Spirit. Where necessary, convert. And then always, Lord, we ask you to confirm the truth and veracity of this your God-breathed word. And we'll thank you for that, for we pray today with victory in Jesus' name. And the church said, Amen. The importance of a name can easily be understood when we look back. Oh, some of us can look back. Some haven't all that history with them. But to the 1970s and I'll say early 80s. In that time frame, there was a new revolutionary diet control candy. I must have had it because I've had every diet known to mankind. Somebody said, how much did you lose? So far, about $4,000. Um, there was a new revolutionary diet control candy that hit the market. And by the way, it hit unusually strong sales. It was a really big deal then. The candy was just gaining popularity nationwide. It was growing in sales everywhere you look. And then suddenly, without warning, the revolutionary diet candy was no longer popular. Matter of fact, some people looking for it couldn't even find it. And then those that had it was just shunned. It was being shunned by people everywhere as fast as it was rising. The name of the candy, it was spelled A-Y-D-S, and it was pronounced AIDS. So when the AIDS, real A-I-D-S epidemic started, and people were gaining, it was gaining notice, and people were hearing about it, the candy, A-Y-D-S, quickly lost its national appeal. This is a true story. And it reminds me of the importance of a name. In Proverbs chapter 22, the wise man said it very best. Here's what he wrote in verse 1. 
A good name is rather to be chosen than great riches and loving favor rather than silver and gold. Now, names are an integral part of us, all of us. Every day, every way, we name things. We name everything. We call each other names when we're happy. We call each other names when we're angry. Oh, that struck a tone right there. We name our dogs. We name our cars. We name our boats. We name our other pets. Everything you can think of. I even heard of a preacher who named his bed. He called it the word. So when someone called him late at night or the middle of the night and said, what are you doing? He said, well, um, uh, he could honestly answer, I'm just relaxing here in the word. Now, I have a time limit, and you're not helping it. And if you have a lunch date, you might be late if you don't respond quicker than that. I've had a couple of boats. My first boat, I got real uh, creative, and I called it High Calling. And then my second boat, which is a little bigger and better, I called it Higher Calling. Someone said, where are you going to be when it's higher, highest calling? I said... I'll be on my highest calling. But I named them that so that when I was out on the boat and my wife answered the phone at home and somebody was looking for me, she could say, no, he's not here right now. He's out on his high calling. <laughs> name. I'm going I'm to highlight two or three things here. So first I want to say, names are important. In the Bible, when something extraordinary happened to someone, the, uh, and that person would sometimes name the place appropriately. Matter of fact, in our scripture today, in Genesis 32, Jacob named the place where his transformation happened. He named it, uh, some call it Peniel, some call it Penuel. It means the face of God. Names are important, and they show importance all the time. Names can show love and honor. They can show respect and adoration. They can show shame and humiliation. Names can change the whole outlook of a various situation. Names are important. Names can vary. And many, many, many names can be given to us. I bet you've been called different things. Or they can be given to God. Because God, here's the truth, has many names. And every name is an attribute of God or a character point of God, if you want to put it that way. When Moses asked God what his name was, God responded and said, I am that I am. A few of the names of God are highlighted in the stories of the Scripture. In Genesis, he's the creator. That means he created everything, amen? The world and everything in the world, this entire universe and everything beyond. In Exodus, he's the deliverer. Why? Because he delivered his people out of bondage from the uh, Egyptians. In Leviticus, he's the great teacher. Why? Because he taught the Israelites how to approach him, how to come to him. In Numbers, he's the chastiser, showing how unbelief will bar the way to God. And even at the end of the Bible, in Revelation, he is the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, world without end. Names are important. Now, like in these instances I've just given you, names show a relationship, and they give, it a they give the testimony of our character or the character of the person or persons being named. So names are important. You want to put that in your notes. Number two, let's talk about choosing a name. 
Now, if I were to ask one or more of you what your name was and what your name meant, could you tell me? No doubt all of us know what our name is, but do we know what it means? Do we know what that name means? Now, some of us, I understand, may not care what your name is, but to others it's very important. After all, most likely none of us choose our own names. You probably didn't choose your own name. I know it went over your head, but um, you probably didn't choose your own name. Look at this. Look at this. Often the choice of a name reflects on the circumstances that may have surrounded the time of our naming. Example. Maybe it was about the time that a famous group of singers were in the, were in the media all the time. And maybe your first and middle name are John Lennon. No, you laugh. Maybe it was about the time that Mr. Armstrong walked on the moon. Maybe your name is Neil. Some people are named after family members. How many were named after a family member? Do you like it? I'm sorry. Too bad. My wife is named after the famous Canadian figure skater Barbara Ann Scott, 1948 Olympic gold medalist. I am, I am named after um, a couple of dogs. No, I am named, no, I'm named after two uncles, and they're very important people in my life. The importance of naming a child can be seen everywhere you look, though. You see, oftentimes names given to children are very characteristic of the parents themselves. The choice of a child's name is quite important to most parents. Some names just, they just don't fit. I mean, really, most parents think twice before naming children Adolf or Judas or the baby girl Jezebel. Names are important to us, see? They're important to our children. They're important to those around us. Names may also be in correlation with some turn of events in your life. Oftentimes, babies that are born in extreme circumstances get names like Faith, because it took great faith to continue throughout the pregnancy. Maybe the name was Joy, because a child brings joy to a family that otherwise maybe was on its last leg. Hope, because the only reason for this child may have been the hope that God gives through children. Or grace, I love that word, because by the grace of God, all things are given, especially babies. By grace, all things are given by God, especially babies. Yeah, they're still there. Often babies are named per the region they live in. Now, let me give you an example there. Not many John boys are born in the Northeast. And not many Christian Thomas Nelsons the 14th are born in the Southwest. Names are often dictated by our ethnic background, or maybe our heritage, or maybe some family tradition. The way we name our children, or anything else for that matter, is not written in stone somewhere. You don't have to name them a certain way. We don't just throw a name out there in space, let it land on a child, and say, there. We take our time, we weigh the names, we look at all the little books with all the baby names, we make sure that the name given is the best name possible in our estimation. After all, think about it, 
that name is probably something he or she will be stuck with for the rest of their life, and it'll probably tell a story about them. Names are important. And for sure, God was not hidden to the fact of the importance of a name. God knows how important a name is. In fact, names are so important that when it came time for God's plan to be laid in motion, he didn't just leave the naming of his only begotten son to mere humans. He sent an angel to tell Joseph. You read it in Matthew chapter 1, verse 21. And she shall bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Names, my friend, are important, and their importance can be seen in our everyday life, day after day after day. Now, admittedly, Jesus' name is and always will be the most important name of all. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 9, the Apostle Paul makes a very clear statement to us when he writes. He's writing about Jesus, and here's what he says. Wherefore, God has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. A name listen, that is above every other name. It's not equal. It's above. Not most. All. A name that is above every other name. He says, a name to whom all power is given in heaven and in earth, the name of Jesus. Now, to understand this further, we need to know a few things about the name of Jesus. So consider this. First off, Christ is not his last name. That's a description of his office, of his work. He's the anointed one. He's sent particularly from God to us. The word Jesus is the Greek form of the Old Testament Jewish name Yeshua. In English, most of us know the name better in its biblical form, Joshua. The Hebrew name was translated into Greek for the Septuagint, which was the Greek version of the, of the Jewish scripture, from which we get our transliteration, Jesus. In its older form, the name means Yahweh, or God Almighty, is salvation. Yahweh rescues. It testifies to the power and the love of Yahweh, Almighty God. It points to all that here to look to the Lord for help and redemption. So you see by these examples that the importance of a name can very readily be seen right there in the name of Jesus. The name that will drive away all problems, all doubt, all evil. The, 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 the mere mention of his name causes demons to flee and Satan to cringe Philippians chapter 2 again in verse 10. Paul continues with the importance of the name of Jesus, and here's what he says. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. Names are very, very important now. Your name is very important. 
Just like names were very important way back there in Paul's day. So now in our text, Genesis 32, we see that Jacob was wrestling with an angel. And in wrestling with this angel, he, the angel noticed that the daylight was beginning to break. He looked into the sky and he saw the light coming and he told Jacob, he said, let me go for the day is breaking. This passage of scripture can be better understood if you look back to the past of Jacob. So let's do it for a moment or two. You have to know that Jacob was a deceiver. In fact, his name means deceiver. We must realize that he had deceived his brother Esau out of his birthright. out of his rightful blessing, out of his place in the family, and ultimately out of his life. He deceived Isaac, his own father, with his mother's help, into blessing him with the blessing that Esau should have received because Esau was the firstborn. He ended up running from his family to another country, and there he himself, this is so ironic, is deceived by his own kinsmen, his own flesh and blood. Now our text. Jacob was on the way home. He's getting ready to see his brother Esau. The next day, as a matter of fact, is going to be the big meeting. However, we find Jacob in the middle of a crisis. His brother Esau, who vowed to kill him, was on his way to meet him, and that scared Jacob. Jacob was worried about what was going to take place when he met his brother. He was probably like some of us, pacing the floor by himself. Verse 4 says, he was worrying. My translation is, he was worrying big time. Wondering how he was going to get himself out of this situation. It was more than a situation. It was a mess. The Bible tells us in verses 9 through 12 of Genesis 32 that he prayed. And he asked God to help him. Boy, that sounds like us. Hello. I mean, we do something that gets us into trouble, and then we beg God to get us out. Oh, God, help me. I know I'm not worthy of your love, and you're a wonderful God, and I'm a sinner, and you're, you have mercy and grace, but please help me get this through, get through this situation. Please, please, please. Amen. Jacob is pacing. He's wondering. He's praying. He's thinking. He's feeling sorry for himself. He's having a pity party. He's scared of wrestling with his emotions. He's in the midst of all that emotional wrangling, and he begins to wrestle with an angel. Out of nowhere, there appeared an angel. I don't know how he got there. The Bible doesn't make it clear. It just tells us that Jacob started to wrestle with the angel. Jacob wrestled with the angel and he would not stop. He would not give up. He would not let go. He wrestled as if he were wrestling with his life. He was in distress. He needed something. 
The angel told Jacob, let me go for the day is breaking. And he wouldn't let him go. So the angel hit him on his thigh and knocked it out of joint. In another verse, it says Jacob halted or he limped away. I researched this with the National Library of Medicine. No fooling. And I looked up the term Jacob's limp. You know that this thing happened 3,760 years ago, but Jacob's limp is still mentioned in the dictionary of medical terms. Nerve and tendon injury in the traumatic dislocation of the hip. I love the Bible. Can I tell you that sometimes God has to inflict a wound on us to accomplish a healing in our lives? In order to get our attention, he must sometimes allow us to be wounded. That's right. It's funny, isn't it? Because we ask God to change our situation, not knowing he put us in the situation to change us. Ruminate on that one. You see, when you replace, why is this happening to okay. You've never said that? When you get beyond, why is this happening to me? And replace it with, what is this trying to teach me? Then everything shifts. Everything changes. The fog lifts and your sight becomes clear. I want to just say this in case you think you're above this. Sometimes, oftentimes, it can even be in your Christian walk with God, believer. My friend, let me give you a piece of advice. When you are hanging on by a thread, make sure it's the hem of his garment. Maybe there's something we're going through. No, nobody else has ever had it, I know. And we want to hear from God. And we want to follow his will. And we want to understand what his plan is for this life. And so then we cry with that loud voice, God... I need something from you. I need to know what this is about. Am I on the right road or not? Did I hear from you? Did I hear right? Truly, did I hear from you? You see, if we listen to God, and I mean really listen to God, then we will truly hear what God is saying to us. We must let God, with all of his wisdom, give us the answer, listen, in the way he deems necessary. Huh? Sometimes that answer is not the one that we feel is the best. But if it came from God, you can bank on it. It may be that we have to change our name. Oh. So names are important. The choosing a name is important. What about thirdly, changing names? Hmm. The importance of a name has been established. I think we've established it. We know that names are important, and often our name tells something maybe about our character. 
or about who we've become. But there's another thing to note is that names show relationship with others. So changing names, what about it? When a man marries a woman, the woman will take the man's name. I know I'm speaking very traditionally here. Now I realize that's not how it works all the time anymore, but it's the way it works sometimes, most of the time. When I married my wife, she became Barbara Crosswhite. She was no longer Barbara Bray. I rescued her from that. <laughs> she took my name to show a sign of our relationship. Her name was changed. When Paul was stopped, <laughs> Jesus did a work on him. He changed his life from bad to good. He did something else. He changed his name from Saul to Paul, and it's all there for you, and I ask you to read it in Acts chapter 9. Acts chapter 9. Why did his name change? Because his former name carried with it a reputation of very bad news. If you were a Christian, let me just set it for you. If you lived in that time frame, the very last thing you wanted ever to hear about was that Saul of Tarsus was on his way to your community or maybe even your house. He was bad, 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 bad. How bad? He tortured folks. <laughs> he killed Christians. He did everything he could to stop Christianity in its track. And when he came to Jesus for salvation, he got a new name. He got a new eternal destiny. He got a new life. He got a new purpose. And when you and I come to Jesus for salvation, we too are given a new name. We are given the name Child of God. Why? Because we, like Paul, were bad, 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 bad. How, you ask? By not living the way we should be living. Oh, wait, whoa, 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 wait, Pastor. No, wait, wait, wait. I was pretty good. Sometimes I was even on the borderline of religious. I did everything right, and I did this for people, and I did that, and I did something else. And those things there, I never did that. Fine. Proud of you. All well and good. Let's have a hand for you. But you did not do the only thing that it takes to get to heaven. And that's the important part. And so many people today are leaving that part out. You did not accept the name of Jesus. You see, names say something about who we are. What does our name say about our relationship with God? Does it testify of Him and His grace? Or does it bring shame and dishonor to Him? So the angel hit Jacob on his side. Let me go, for the day is breaking, he said. Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. Hey, Jacob was saying, look at here. I'm in need. I, I, I need to get something from you. I'm not letting you go until I get what I need from you. Make no mistake, Jacob was very persistent. Isn't it strange how we can be so persistent when it's something that we, 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 we really, really, really want? Oh, we can be resistant. 
I mean, it's not hard to hang in there when the circumstances are so bad that we know if we let go, we're going to fall a thousand feet. It's not hard to hang in there when something that we're afraid of just keeps haunting us. It's not hard to hang in there when we feel we have to do it. We just have to hang in there. But we don't even think twice about giving effort to something less important to us. So Jacob responded, I will not let you go unless you bless me. I really need this and I'm not giving up anymore. I've run from my problems time after time after time. And I'm not giving up this time. Now, do you think the angel really needed to wait for Jacob to let go of him to, have, to be able to leave? No. He got there without Jacob's help. He could leave whenever he wanted. He was making Jacob understand the value. This is something that we don't talk about or not, but I hope you'll really listen to me. He was... He, he was making Jacob understand the value of persistence. Do you know the breakup of all the rock around Thunderhole? Don't jump on me. Is not so much a product of the power of seawater, ocean water, as it is the persistence of seawater. See, I can go down there to Thunderhold and spend all day, all night, and the next day, and I can't see anything eroding when those huge waves come in. And I've seen the waves hit the, the inside of that crevice and come over the road up above, uh, over a bus on the road. I've seen those waves that big. And then when they subside, I look, everything looks the same. You know what wears those rocks away? It's the persistence of the power of the water. Be persistent when you're praying for that loved one. Be persistent when you're praying for that new job. Be persistent when it seems everything is failing and you can't see the light at the end of the tunnel. Be persistent with your prayer. Be consistent with your praise. Be consistent with your worship and sacrifice. Be persistent with God. Because He is persistent with us. So Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. And the angel said, verse 27, what is your name? The angel didn't need Jacob to tell him his name. He knew what his name was. But he wanted Jacob to say it. He wanted Jacob to hear his name spoken out loud, to understand that he was a deceiver, because that's what it meant. And he was the one who had gotten himself into this awful predicament. The angel said, what is your name? Well, Jacob knew what his name was, and he knew what it meant. And he called out, Jacob, Jacob is my name. I know I'm a deceiver. I know it's my fault. 
I know I caused all this to happen. I know that I'm the cause of all my troubles, and I know who I am, and I know where I stand with God. Jacob is my name. Verse 28, the angel told Jacob, Well, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have struggled with God and with men, and have prevailed. No longer are you Jacob the deceiver, but you are now Israel, which means God prevails or perseveres. His name was changed from something bad to something very good. He no longer had to worry about what people thought of him. Now he's a prince with God. The Bible tells us that the angel hit Jacob on the thigh and in verse 31 says he halted on his thigh. The word halted means to limp away. Now some Bible scholars believe and teach that Jacob halted or limped for the, on his thigh for the rest of his life. I don't know. Probably he did. Maybe he did. I don't know where he would have gone. I don't know where the nearest ER was. But uh, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. And whether he did or didn't, I don't know. But if he did, probably every time he limped, he thought of that wrestling match all night with the angel who appeared from who knows where. And then he probably thought how I was once a deceiver, but now I'm a prince with God. Once I was blind, but now I see. Praise God, I'm a prince with God. Praise him, praise him, praise his holy name. Praise God, I'm a prince with God. He changed my name. So clearly we see names are important to us. Names are important to those around us. And names are important to God. Our names tell something about our character. The name has a testimony all in itself. What is your name saying about you? Does it say you're living a lie? Does it tell of a person who once had a vibrant, happy life with God, but he's now slacked off and kind of fallen away? What's your name today? Is it anger? It can be peace. Is it hate? Oh, awful word. It can be love. Is it pain? It can be delight. Is it disobedient? It can be happy to serve. Is there something against my neighbor, my coworker, my ex? It can be love for one another. Or is it deceiver? It can be prince with God. Whatever your name is today, it can be changed to child of God. Names, 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 I tell you, names, names are important. So I ask you, What's your name? 
I'm going to lead you in prayer in just a moment. Before I do, I want to draw your attention to the Connect card. It's probably in the seat back near you. If you're here today, and the Holy Spirit has been speaking to you, and these words from the Scripture have taken root in your heart, and you know that you need to take a step toward God, and you know that things aren't just right, or you know that you've never actually accepted Christ as your personal Savior, I want to give you every opportunity to do just that today. Simply, here's what I want you to do as I pray, and as we go into the worship time with music and prayer, I want you to put your name on that card and just write in there what your decision was today and then leave it with me before you leave or drop it in one of the boxes in the Welcome Center. Speak to somebody. Don't go away with that same nagging question in your heart and in your soul. But make sure that you seal your decision today. So as we get ready to transition, I'm going to ask you to take the Connect card and make your decision. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for open ears. Thank you for attentive hearts. Thank you for manageable spirits. Thank you for whatever conviction uh, you've brought uh, in any heart here today. We pray now for not just conviction, but also conversion. And, and we pray, Lord, that you will also bring confirmation of the truth and power of the Word of God as presented today. Holy Spirit, this is your work. And we pray now that it will be powerful in every life here. And forever we will give you praise. For we pray in Jesus' name, amen.